Welcome one and all to episode 180 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, well, we might as well get in on the fun, right? Uh, Not much going on in the draft world for one more week before the NFL Combine season starts up. And, well, I mean, we don't do our rankings until the Combine's over so we can, and Pro Days so we can kind of actually get these athletic metrics in. So why not uh, goof around with a, uh, a mock draft? Seems now is as good a time as any to get our mock draft out there. We did one earlier in the season that was just the top 10 picks. Tonight, we'll, we're going to have the top 16 picks, so the top first half, essentially of the draft um we were talking before the show if we did all 32 picks which we will do right before the actual draft if we did all 32 picks in one sit down it usually stretches us to like an hour and a half two hours so um we'll give you the first 16 picks here on itunes spotify etc and then we will give you the final i guess what 15 picks because one of them is forfeited the other 15 picks will be for you on our Patreon site. So you subscribe there for two bucks a month, get every bonus episode we've ever done. Four bucks a month gets you written content and uh, it'll get you the rankings and some other short kind of podcasts as we get closer to the actual draft. So uh, that's our pitch. Thanks to you. No matter how you listen to us though, we got 16 picks for you no matter what this week. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good time to get in. You know, it's the busiest time of the year, and um, there are there are lulls, though. I mean, between the uh, yeah. wonderful All Star Game season where we had a ton of content, and before we get to the the combine and then pro days, and that's when it really kind of picks up. Yeah, and we're going to be able nice to preview. Because... Uh, we'll preview the combine next week too, and then we'll have more to say about that throughout the week. So it, next week's always one of my favorites. Right, exactly. And uh yeah, so we did a mock draft. We decided, hey, no trades, let's not do anything crazy. But I think some of these picks are based on us expecting trades to occur and then those picks to occur re the trade. Um because I think if you just I mean, we can talk about this as you know, as we announce these picks, but I think you know, I picked number one and I think if you take number one here um that you probably are taking Will Anderson Jr., right? Like if you have the number one pick in this draft, if you don't need a quarterback, like we believe the Bears do not at this point, um, then you gotta take you gotta take Will Anderson Jr., wouldn't you expect? I would think so, but he seems Will Anderson Jr. I was talking earlier today with one of uh, one of our friends of the show, and uh, we were saying, you know, it seems like people are bored with Will Anderson, right? It seems like the draft next got bored of him last year when we couldn't. I was gonna say when, it was too too easy, right? Right, and uh, so now it's almost it's almost to the point where. You know, I'm driving myself, I'm being driven crazy. Um, almost every mock draft has the same guy at number one, and it's not Will Anderson. Right. And so it's what just you're saying a... is right, but what uh, what you did to me is wrong. <laughs> right. And I think what we would agree is 
just based on what we've heard, what we've seen, is that number four is going to move up to number one. Indy's going to move up to number one. Their owner and GM seem to be kind of in sync with wanting a quarterback. And then it's just figuring out which one. Um, I am interested with the addition of Sirianni, if that changes anything. Or not Sirianni, with Steichen, excuse me, Shane Steichen, if that changes anything. But, you know, as of now, you know, February 20th, we're looking at this and going, okay, we think this is what they're going to do. Um, So with that in mind, we'll kick it off. Uh, Chicago on the clock. Like I said, I, I would assume if they stay that that they probably draft Will Anderson Jr., but maybe not. I mean, this has been an odd season. We've seen a lot of odd things. I'm not going to move off of Anderson as the best player in the draft, but there are a number of tastemakers that deal with the NFL enough, way more than you and I do that have Jalen Carter as player one in this draft that makes me think that there is there is fire where that smoke is coming from. And for that reason, I, I take Jalen Carter number one. Um, I, assume, I assume with all of this conversation that he ends up being the pick for the Bears, but probably at number four. Yeah. So in reality, it might be the, the third or fourth pick, but I think you accomplished a couple things here. First of all, I wanted you to pick Will Anderson so bad, but it was your pick, so you took Carter. Um, but you gave yourself, uh, your Arizona Cardinals, um, maybe somebody that your team would like more than, than Carter. And, um, uh, you know, it gives me an opportunity to say this. I've tweeted it before. I've probably said it before, but there hasn't been a defensive tackle going number one in the draft since 1994. And that was uh, Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson from Ohio State. So again, that's something we've repeated here and on Twitter, but it's it bears repeating. So the pick makes sense in your context. I think you're, we didn't do trades, but in effect, in your mind, you did a trade and you picked Carter as if he was still there at number four, which I think uh, Bears fans would be happy with, especially if the three guy or if, if uh, the other defensive player we have in this area goes off the board earlier. Now, the question here, and I don't want to dwell on this pick too too much longer, but um, would you take Jalen Carter in this draft class in the top five? Because we've talked about you know, value, position value, but looking at the overall landscape of this man, class, it's, it's really hard because I don't value any real quarterbacks outside of maybe Stroud as a top mm-hmm. five pick. And I mean, I don't, this is, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, at, at some point we might get to the point cause we've, we've talked about position value with this player all throughout the year. It might, there might come a point where we have to just, we might have to, you know, admit that this might be a top five player in the draft. It probably probably is at this point. Right. So uh, that's where number, I would trade back. Yeah, right. Yeah, keep uh, trading back. Number two for you. Okay, two. Um, Houston wants a quarterback, and one of the things that I keep seeing, and I even pondered myself at one point, was 
Um, will the fact that C.J. Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson, will that be a problem? And some some analysts are talking about it. I saw uh, notably PFF Mike, who's their lead draft guy. He he joked, uh, you know, that they had the same agent, and, and so no way Stroud's going to the Texans. But my understanding is different, you know, and uh, that is, you know, part partly because longtime Houston reporter John McClain wrote a story about a month ago where he said uh, it doesn't matter. The McNair family will not let an agent deter them from making a decision on a possible franchise quarterback. That's a direct quote. So so the only way that this would not happen is if he just went full Eli, right? And it was like, and, I, will, I will not play for Houston. And from what I know, that is not the case. He's not angling in any way to do that. So I have C.J. Stroud going here. I don't let people tell you the Texans won't take Stroud because he has the same agent. That's a non-story. Um, that won't be a factor. If they don't take Stroud, that's not going to be the reason why. But we're starting to hear rumblings. I think it was Albert Breer said that C.J. Stroud quietly is creeping up the board. Now, Breer might be doing his homer thing. He's an Ohio State homer like myself, but um, I believe him. As the guy on the couch, as they said about the guy on the couch and half-baked, I believe him. I don't know why, but I do. Uh, that takes the Cardinals to number three, and I think there's only I, – I really do think that they make a pick at number three unless for some reason both Anderson and Carter are off the board. Um, and with Carter off the board, they go Anderson. I, um, I, you know, it'll be interesting because in, in Jonathan Gannon's defense, you've got a similar size and skill set player in Hassan Reddick, and he had a slightly decent year uh, for the for the Eagles this yeah. year. Yeah, right? yeah. Funny how that worked. So, I mean... And Anderson's got more height. He's going to be a longer player overall. Right, right. So he's a little bit, yeah, taller. Uh, Reddick's 6'1", 235. I think Anderson's going to come in about 6'3 and a half, 6'4". He's going to be in the high or mid to high 240, so 245 to 250. And like you said, it'll be a little bit longer of a player. He's going to run uh, like in the mid four fives is what I'm seeing. Four, low four fives, mid four fives. So which is, just, I think, athletically speaking, Reddick was about the same. Yeah, that, been faster 40 time, but he's smaller. He, he, so. he was a four five two okay. with a 133 broad and a 36 and a half vert. That's not bad. And, and his three cone was insane <laughs> at seven flat. Yeah. So and then his shuttle wasn't bad at four three seven. So I mean, great, like you said, great, great athlete. So if 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 Anderson m- m- matches those measurements, and then you look at, I mean, the last three years of Reddick, you know, twelve and a half, half sacks um, with the Cardinals, eleven with the Panthers, and then sixteen sacks this year, which is I think second to only Bosa, right? I believe so. Yeah. Miles Garrett was up there too. Yeah. Um, and so the question becomes do you take a guy that is probably a better version of Reddick, which let's not get this twisted. Just because he's better doesn't mean that he's going to have, you know, more than 16 sacks because that's a lot of sacks, man. Uh, and you're right. Garrett was uh, at 16 as well. Um, but. You know, he's like you said, he's probably an all around better player than Reddick. But 
we've talked about this off the air, you and I. Jalen Carter's high end comp is probably Fletcher Cox, right? Um, that's probably and and you know I think Aaron Donald. You mean? Yeah, right. Um, and, and I think people are going to look at that and go, "That's too low end." That's he's really good, right? I mean, this <laughs> is a guy that's been a, I think, a six time Pro Bowler. He's been an AP second or first team uh, All Pro four times, like that would be an absurd and you know he's 65 sacks in his illustrious career um over the last decade that would be an absurd pick at at 3 like that would be a great pick he was on the all 2010s hall of fame team like he's he's a he's a freak of nature um and people are going to be like well that's not good enough okay sorry yeah Again, these guys aren't Aaron Donald. Like, I'm just being honest with you. Like, they're not. But, like, if he can get to Fletcher Cox or Chris Jones status, he's a little smaller than than Jones is. But, you know, if he can get to that level where you're talking about a guy who wasn't overly productive in college, similar to, to Carter, but then can come into the NFL, you know, and produce really good numbers. Again, and, and Jones might even be too high-end, Again, he's a little bit taller at 6'6", 300 pounds. Um, but he's got two 15-and-a-half sack seasons. Like, I don't think people understand how hard that is from an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, I want to see Carter test next week because I think that's going to – he's expected to test well. But a lot of the guys that you're mentioning were extremely high-end testers for the defensive tackle position. I want to see some – I just want to see the overall package here. I want to see how tall he is. He's if he's shorter. Not, not he's, like we saw Chris Jones' package, but like, <laughs> not not that. <laughs> but he's shorter than some of the guys you're talking about. He's. He, I don't know that he's as fast as some of the guys, but I, I just want to see for my own eyes. I had the fourth pick, and we know Indy. You mentioned them as a, as the top trade candidate to get in front of Houston for the number one pick. One person they were not they're not going to trade up for at number one or take at number four if they stay if they stand pat, and that is Bryce Young. And the reason I say that, uh, Lance Zierline was on the radio recently. He he considers Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, a mentor. Uh, his mentor in scouting, I think, is what he said, and he just absolutely Lance Zierline absolutely shot down the idea that Indy would take Bryce Young. <clears throat> he just does not fit what Chris Ballard wants in a quarterback. All eyes are on Indy to trade up to one. If they're trading up to one or if they sit here in this scenario, they're taking Will Levis, let's be honest. And I'll say this. I thought uh, Ballard's good buddy, uh, John Dorsey, was going to take Josh Allen, number one, uh, back in 2018. And against all odds, Dorsey ends up falling in love with, with Baker Mayfield. and But I don't think that's happening here. I think Zierlein, in this case, he knows what he's talking about. And so, will they? maybe they want C.J. Stroud. He's got good size, too. If they trade up to one, that might be the guy. Um, doubt, doubtful, but maybe they want uh, Anthony Richardson. But it's going to be a guy that's bigger than Bryce Young. So that's, that's Will Levis here in this scenario. That takes us to five. Seattle takes uh, then. This is where we two, where you and I are, a little bit confused because 
it's not that we don't like these guys. We do actually like Wilson quite a bit, but man, is he a top five player in this draft? And and maybe that's saying something about the draft, right? Uh, yeah, it could be that, uh, like we were saying, we wouldn't normally put a you know defensive tackle that high, but Tyree Wilson, with his size and length, he's a taller, you know, 280-pound defensive end. And he's supposed to be another one that's pretty much a freak, right, athletically? I don't I, – I saw a 4'8", four eight, four eight, low 4'8s for his 40, which is at 280 pounds is, is solid. It's really good. But um, I'm not sure about the freak status. And the other thing, too, is, um, you know – He's going to be 24. We talk about prospect age a lot. Might not matter as much at this position than some of the others, like quarterback. But um, one one thing I I would mention is the Seahawks have not been bothered by prospect age in the past. They took uh, the receiver Eskridge in the second round. He was a 24 year old rookie. They took um, shoot. They took um, who's the guy from West Virginia that they took in the first round. Bruce Irvin. Yeah, Bruce Irvin. He was a 24-year-old rookie. So. I say, you're not really selling that these are good picks, by the way. <laughs> I think Bruce Irvin was a good player. I mean, they got him yeah, in, he wasn't like, bad Like 16th, 17th. Eskridge was their first pick that year, but he wasn't until the 50s. But they still picked him ahead of a couple of really good players. But, um, yeah, Tyree Wilson makes sense here. But there's one a few things we haven't seen to this point. No offensive lineman for us. Um, no cornerbacks for us, and we have only two quarterbacks off the board, and and no wide receivers, and no wide receiver, which I, I think is the no wide receiver thing is realistic. But will there be a lineman move into this top five? Will there there be a corner move in? And those are the kind of things we're going to see. Those are the needles that are going to move next week when we get the testing from some of these guys. Um, number six, Detroit is picking. I gave them cornerback Christian Gonzalez. He is popular with the fans. They like to mock him. Uh, they like to put Christian Gonzalez in there. I know Brian Breesey is another player we've seen mocked here, but uh, he has that injury history. Some people are down on him production-wise, which is weird to me because more production than Jalen Carter. But uh, Christian Gonzalez, he's a big corner, 6'2". He's supposed to run it in the four threes next week. Had four picks this year. I think, yeah, four picks uh, for Oregon in, after transferring from Colorado. So this is a guy I like, a, a fit I like. But you know how uh, Dan Campbell, it seems to be like a real locker room guy. So he's going to want a leader, a guy, a, a player who's a good locker room guy, a leader. I don't know anything about these guys personally, but I know that a lot of Detroit People are mock- a lot of big draft is mocking at Devin Witherspoon here at six, but I take Gonzalez. I'm taking the the more the guy I feel is more is bigger, younger, more talented. This is an interesting one. Um, I had the Raiders two quarterbacks there. I took Bryce Young. I just you and I've made our concerns known about Bryce Young. Um, I'm really interested to see what the NFL thinks of him from an outlier status because once we get measurements, if we get measurements, I, I you know, has there been a quarterback that small and where does he go? 
You know, I, I'm going to guess he comes in at 5, 10 and a half and about 205 and doesn't test at all. That way, when he runs and does everything at Alabama, if he does anything, he's back at his like 185 to 190 <laughs> weight. And so he can have those, you know. You, you think he weighs in? Devontae Smith never did. I think he's going to, man. Okay. I think he has to. Um, but, and, and the other thing was, uh, Devontae Smith came out, what, 2020? That was a strange, strange year. I think there were a lot of um, wild cards going on there. So, uh, the thing about the outliers, okay? A lot of people, will, I, I saw the tweets about him comparing to Doug Flutie. It, as we've talked about on the show, it goes much deeper than that. Between, uh, since 2000, between quarterbacks between 5'9 and 6'1 and under 210 pounds, only five of those have gone in the first three rounds. And you did have three first rounders, Kyler, Murray, Johnny Manziel, Mike Vick. And again, I think all those guys had a better, more dynamic running part of their game to sell them as early picks. And it, all those guys are, are just bigger than Bryce Young. So he doesn't really have a good comparison yet. We'll see what the combine shakes out, but the the metric comparisons are not going to be friendly. We've talked about it. Um, You threw me for a loop with that one. uh, I saw people talking about Bryce Young to the Raiders and saying, well, McDaniels has a connection to Alabama quarterbacks because Mac Jones, well, that was like one year, right? Yeah. And who cares? And um, I don't think Bryce Young, Mac Jones are anything alike. So you, you're, I don't think he's out here helmet scouting. Um, and I saw another article that said the Raiders might be better off with a rookie than trying to bring in a vet. Either way, we do know they, they need a quarterback. And um, I don't know. It'd be interesting to go with a rookie the year that the Super Bowl is in your building. Because you would like to be competitive. You'd like to find a way to get you know Aaron Rodgers or someone um, that can make you seemingly instantly competitive rather than a rookie who I think you might have growing pains with no pun intended. Well, and and it's one of those things too, where you talk about, you know, you get these, you get these mock drafts here and then you wait and, and see kind of how free agency and everything takes over. Right. And how that, how that changes everything. Yeah. I mean, because that's we got two big things that are going to change everything in this mock draft, and that's the combine and free agency. Number eight, Atlanta. You talk about throwing for a loop. You threw me for a loop on this one. Well, um, seems the team need among their team needs is edge rusher. At this point, we've got three quarterbacks off the board. So I wanted, I thought long and hard about taking a quarterback here. And ultimately, I think that Atlanta is going to be a trade destination for a veteran quarterback. And you start to, you, you, we've seen the rumblings about being Lamar Jackson, right? Because there seems to be a broken relationship between Lamar Jackson and Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I think there's gonna, they're going to at least explore a trade. They kind of have to. At this point, it's, you know, after he didn't play in the playoffs, and I don't know, I, I, I believe he was injured. There's no reason for me to doubt him, but um, I think there's going to be, there, I think there's bad feelings on both sides. So I'm thinking Lamar well, Jackson and, and now is a good fit. 
And now we're getting word, I mean, and again, we're recording on February 20th, but now we're getting word about the asinine Daniel Jones demands, right? <laughs> he wants $45 million a year. So the Giants could be another one. Um, there's going to be a quarterback shakeup. Like you said, within the next few weeks when the league year starts, we're going to see this, you know, all these teams, a lot of these teams could be angling for veteran quarterbacks. Or you could see Detroit take a quarterback. You know, there's all kinds of weird stuff that could happen. So I took Miles Murphy because I think that Atlanta's going to be a trade destination. Atlanta needs, uh, always can use some pass rush. Murphy's expected to test well. He's a pretty big guy. So that's why I put him there. Uh, number nine is the Carolina Panthers. I don't know why this is such a popular pick. I, I truly don't. I, I wanted to get your opinion on it because we're seeing it more and more, especially after uh, Frank Wright got hired there, that they might take Anthony Richardson. Um, <laughs> sell, sell me on why. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I think it's because we know Carolina needs a quarterback and the other three guys are off the board. So if you had, I know a lot of people like the fit with CJ Stroud, with Frank Reich. Um, you know, Reich, he worked with uh, Andrew Luck, I believe. But it was after that, just a, a conveyor belt and assembly line of just veterans on their last leg or, or Carson Wentz, or, you know, I guess I'm repeating myself, but uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like Carolina's still going to want a veteran in there too. Cause even if they take Richardson, which I think a lot of people too are, are seeing Carolina, Cam Newton, Anthony Richardson, maybe making kind of that roundabout connection. But Really, I think what it comes down to is with mock drafters, including ourselves, at this point, three of the three quarterbacks are off the board already, and we know Carolina needs one. So Reich, in his career, worked with Philip Rivers, who's probably didn't need any help at that point. Um, Carson Wentz when he was okay and and then he was the OC for the Wentz Foles saga. Okay. And then in 18 he was uh it was luck. Um and luck had a huge year that year. I I just I mean none of those guys scream Anthony Richardson to me. Like even Wentz who's got some accuracy issues like and is a good athlete he's he's not Anthony Richardson that's i that, i'm just kind of i guess i'm kind of missing the the connection there are they just saying that Frank Wright's that good of a OC quarterback coach that he can get the most out of him i think that's part of it but Again, I, I really think it's just not having anybody else to choose from at this point. And <laughs> right. so we're gonna things are gonna look different when we've had those some trades and free agency that we're bound to have. You got number ten with yeah. Philly. So ten, Philly needs a cornerback. Christian Gonzalez is off the board, and I'm just not really buying the Ringo free fall. I don't think you are either. And 
isn't it just the way that a, you know a franchise that's being built like Philadelphia or we always see it with the Ravens or the Steelers these franchises that are strong wouldn't it be just the way for a guy like Ringo who's going to test through the roof if he chooses to um who's 62215 to just fall right into a, a very good team's lap well especially with Bradbury out uh-huh. the door likely and this is a team um, that's going to you know we'll get into more about Ringo a little bit later but this is a team that their locker room's going to be steady they they seem to have they've got Jalen Hurts there that guy's all business like the, they shouldn't worry about a young guy coming in. It, you know, everybody will yeah. help him understand the program. Unless there's just, I mean, unless like what happened with their position and coordinators, and there's just a mass exodus. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening because, I mean, I know they've got a lot of veteran free agents, but you would expect like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and those guys to be back. Um, while maybe, you know, you let a Bradbury walk because you can get a Ringo or, you know, whoever at that spot. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, at number 11, Tennessee takes the first offensive lineman off the board. This was a tough one. Um, I really like both of the tackle options. I was – but I'm trying to th- – put myself in the Vrabel mindset in the mindset of, I believe it's their new GM is the 49ers guy, right? Yeah. Me. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, I believe. Oh no. Yeah. Ran Carthon. Okay. The 49ers yeah. guy. So I was, you know, trying to put myself in that position and obviously you're not drafting uh, Trent Williams, right? I mean, it's just, not happening um but when you look at it who physically is closer to trent williams in terms of size strength athleticism and i figure like paris johnson fits that a little more than skaronsky peter skaronsky does where skaronsky's probably going to be right around six four paris is going to be in the six five range right uh so we'll see i mean Paris has I honestly like 35 don't. inch arms too. He's he's really tall right. and long. And so that's what I was that that's the only kind of like thinking I was having with this. I just I assume think, that you had Vrabel taking Paris Johnson because he's a Buckeye. Oh yeah, that works too, right? <laughs> that's what I would say. But hey, Buckeye takes yeah. a Buckeye. All right, exactly. It makes don't, it a lot easier. Don't you think Skronsky's gonna end up inside too? Um I think a team's probably going to give him a chance. You think so? With how well Slate his arm is going to be Slater's. under thirty-three inches next week. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and yeah, and, but I mean the well, that'll be the big thing. But the way Slater's pl- played his first two years before he got hurt, mm-hmm. um, I think he a was lot of super athlete and arms were just a little bit right around thirty-three with him. Yeah. So there's just a little bit. You have a little bit easier time. But I get what you're saying. And Skronsky, draft next, love him. Um, we probably hear his name in a little bit. Uh, Houston gets their second pick. And this again, is... I was, I was shocked by this. Okay. I thought you were going to go. I thought wide you were going to go wide receiver. Right? Yeah. Everybody has wide receiver in their mock draft, but, but they just hired, uh, they just hired Demeco Ryans as their head coach. 
And I feel like he's going to want to get some, he's going to want something for his side of the ball. They've got two top 12 picks. They've already taken offense. He sees what, you know, he's seen what uh, Kyle Shanahan can do, bringing guys off the practice squad to play receiver in a pinch. He's not worried about receiver. He's taken Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, and it's because he is a, he gets a tall guy that can play, you know, probably slide inside, play play end, long arms, 34-inch arms we're going to see from Van Ness. He'll test well. He's strong. Blocks, he blockers back. That's probably the thing they does best is just like getting into the block blocker and just pushing him back. I was going to say this is his Eric Armstead. This gives. That's what know. I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking about those tall, big tall guys. They have an interior that can play end, and that's exactly why he's not Van Ness isn't quite that big, but he's the biggest guy left. Let me ask you this because we kind of breeze through it when we talked about Stroud, do you think based on the 49ers, I know they went and got Trey Lance a couple years ago, which is showing to be a huge mistake and not because of Lance, but because of what Shanahan has done with the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo and then Brock Purdy this year. Right. (laughs) Um, you know, and Lance hasn't really had a tr- chance. I mean, let's just be honest. He broke his ankle, horrifically broke his ankle in week two after not really playing as a rookie. Um, so we, we have no idea what he is or isn't at this point. But are we glossing over the chance or likelihood or probability that D'Amico's like, hey, I need to get my Nick Nick Bosa at number two and taking Will Anderson Jr. there? We might be completely missing the boat by, you know, not considering that. But I think they, uh, Nick Casario is still there, right? Yes. Okay. So they still have, uh, they had the same GM that they had when they brought in the new coach. Probably still has something to say about it. And I think the ownership is going to have a lot to say about it. And I think in this case, the brand new head coach is not going to get the say of where, where they go at two. But I'm sure he has a lot of input. But ultimately, I think they're. It's going to be tough for them to be in this position with the quarterback play that they had last year, with the quarterback play they had in the past, and you know the expectations. Fans are going to want a quarterback, and so's ownership, and I think Nick Casario too. But they're in a good spot here because they have the two top twelve picks, so they can throw their new coach a bone and and let him really have a lot of say in this 12th pick. And that's why I went in this direction with it. Um, the other guy, I considered Breesy, but I think he's a little, he's not as long. He doesn't have the length overall. That I think a, he's more similar to like, and, and not comparing him um, as abilities, but like similar to Kinlaw, right? Like, And Kinlaw had way longer arms. Like I think that's arm length I think is going to be a thing for Ryan's. And I think Barisi's were under 34. So ultimately, I I went with the longest, tallest guy on the board as far as like these top day one, day two picks. Next was the New York Jets. Um, Jets kind of have needs all over the offensive line, quarterback, 
probably not wide receiver. Um, and then amazingly, I don't feel, I mean, I know they took sauce Gardner and he was a freak this year, but I don't feel like they get, have given Robert Sala a lot of defensive players in his tenure there. Isn't that kind of funny how that works out? <laughs> I think like, he had a lot of young guys coming in, but yeah, you're right. This could be a, it, it's funny, you know, we, you went offense, um, but you could have gone in a number of directions on the defense, right? But they yeah. have they have some young guys still there, and maybe they just think he coaches guys up so well. They right. just need to help the offense, which had really really sputtered at times last year. I mean, it's crazy to me they've only used three top one hundred picks on or three, sorry, four top one hundred picks on defensive players in his three years there, and two of them came last year when they took both. Sauce and Jermaine Johnson in the first round, and so they, Jermaine, there you go. They they they're like, coach, we gave you first round last year. Yeah, offense this yeah, year. Yeah, we we got to fix the offensive line, and I and I just took the next guy. Uh, Scrancy can. I think and, he's going to get a look at center next week. You know, we didn't get to see him in the Senior Bowl because he's an underclassman. But I think not only can he play guard, but they might give him a look at center. The Jets need help at either spot, right? Right, and so I think, you know, and you look back, like, they've tried to address the offensive line. Obviously, Mekhi Becton in 2020, a pick that you and I were not huge fans of. They took Elijah Vera Tucker, who was having an outstanding season before uh, before his injury took him out for the last nine or ten games. I forgot there's 17 now. You know, last ten games of the season. He was having a, a really nice year. Um and so, and you always get worried when these big guys get hurt, right? If they're going to be able to come back. And that's always a concern too, or like how they come back. So, man, it'll be interesting. I think Skaronsky gives them, like you said, a, a player that they can, if, you know, if it's tackle, guard, center, they can plug in and, and they can trust that can be effective. Yeah, it's, it's, he's a good player at this point. Um, and, you know, they, they can give him a look all up and down the line. So uh, the 14 is the guy who a lot of people are mocking at six to Detroit. And that's the cornerback from Illinois, Devin Witherspoon. And Witherspoon, he's about, other than Joey Porter Jr., who I think he's about six months older than, than that, um, he's significantly older. He's about a year and a half older than um, Gonzalez and Ringo. And he's smaller than both of those guys, too. He's going to be fast like those guys, but um, I think not quite as fast. So he's smaller, slimmer. But at, for 14 overall, um, New England needs has has a need here at corner. And he's got what Bill Belichick loves, and that's the on-ball production. 26 pass breakups plus interceptions in 22 games over the last two seasons. That's what... Belichick has historically liked to look at the final two seasons of college. What are your what's your on ball production as a defensive back? So he's going to test. He's going to run well. He'll be slim. I'm not sure he'll be quite as slim as he was listed at 180. He probably put on some bulk. But Witherspoon here is the pick. Uh, I'm not quite sure that I'm sold on him this this high. I'm not sold on him as much as uh, as other people are, um, because I like the I like the youth movement better. 
in this case, I think they I like the size of the younger guys better. And um and Witherspoon gets a little bit grabby in coverage. I think he had uh s- several penalties, uh notably the one against Michigan late in that game. Go to the Green Bay Packers next. This was a tough one for me. But I went with the best wide receiver in this class, and that's Jordan Addison. And the question becomes, is this a Jordan-to-Jordan Jordan connection? Is this trying to appease Aaron Rodgers for one more year? Like, what? what is this? I don't think it's – I think Rodgers is out the door. Um, but we thought that maybe last year too. Is he a, a Green Bay type of receiver, or or do they still have a type? Right. That's a fair question. Because he's going to run well too. He he. At is, that point, wouldn't it be Quentin Johnston? <laughs> if you, yeah, if you buy into that kind of thing, but they already have a guy like that with Watson, with Christian Watson, right? Who's a vertical, a vertical guy, kind of a power player, um, probably faster. Watson probably ran faster than Quentin Johnston. So Addison gives you more. Addison's probably going to, you know, he's a guy that I think can play X or flanker or or slot. You know, I think he can play any of the three spots. Um, And he's going to run well next week. How skinny is he going to be? He played at 175 or he was listed at 175. But does skinny matter anymore? (laughs) The Ohio State guys are both low 180s. Uh, we don't even know how skinny Devontae Smith was. I know um, a lot of these other guys have gone early in the last few drafts have been thin, very thin. But I just, uh, with Addison being the first receiver off the board at 15, why isn't this, why, is, why are people down on this receiver class? I think it's because Addison got hurt. Smith and Jigba got hurt. Quentin Johnson just got completely erased in, in a couple of big games. Um, and so you just have too many questions on guys. Like you don't have, you don't have the alpha guy coming out. That was like the clear cut dude this year. It and does kind means- of thin out too. And then you have a lot of guys like you do at every position in this draft. who have something or another, you know, Marvin Mims, Josh Downs, those guys are going to be small. They're short. But we we saw Jahan Dotson overcome that and be a first-round pick and have a really good rookie year. Um, but you got a lot of 23, 24-year-old guys. So day two could be a big receiver day, right? Right. All right. So last pick for tonight for the free show. Again, we're going to do the, the rest of this mock draft later this week on Patreon. That should come out probably around Thursday. And uh, so we got the Washington football commanders, right? They are picking Brian Breesey here, the defensive lineman. Not a screaming need, but I think a lot of people, at least last I saw, expect Deron Payne to hit free agency. He's going to get paid big bucks on the market. I think that's the direction they're going in. Um, So if that's the case, this frees up a spot. You get Breesey, who's a very good player. He's going to test well if. You know, he's healthy enough next week, and and uh, I think he fits kind of what Washington has going on there. Yeah, and he would be a similar style player to Payne or, or Allen, you know, depending on what they want. And Right, and they get a lot of sacks out of those guys. Yeah, and that's the Rivera scheme, right? Yeah. So I think um, 
I think he's a player, if he ends up, if Breesey or another uh, interior defensive lineman ends up in this spot, you're going to see a player whose production as a pro might exceed their production that they had their last year of college. Um, let's get, let me ask you, let me ask you this real quick before okay. we get to the hot take. Um, with B enemy there with the questions at quarterback, are, is there a quarterback worthy of this pick? Uh, no. And we'd be on to QB five by now. And I think, I know, I know, uh, Back a couple of years ago, they said Josh is our guy when they, when people ask the Cardinals about quarterback. But I think there is some truth to Sam Howe getting first first crack. So I think that Washington is very much a quarterback team in this draft, but that's going to be a quarterback later. And I I, I just think with, unless they trade up, I don't think you're going to see a quarterback here. I mean, who would who would it be? I think the a lot of draft next big draft would have Hendon Hooker. He's going to be injured and probably not play next year. Or or Tanner McKee, who there's no way I would take in the first round. You got a hot take for us? Yeah, the hot take this week relates back to something we kind of hinted at with uh, Georgia players. So I'm trying to find. Yeah. Um, According to Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer, who I mentioned earlier, NFL execs are already taking a hard look at Georgia Bulldogs stars Jalen Carter and Keeley Ringo. Specifically, they are focused on exactly how difficult they were for Georgia staff to quote. And here is an AFC executive that Breer quoted. He said, it's not it's not fatal character stuff. I've heard people tell me Ringo's not a bad kid. He just frustrates the hell out of you. And Carter, I know if he's malicious, it's nothing criminal, but he's not easy to coach. These guys were two of the best defensive players on a back-to-back, on back-to-back championship teams. Um, so they must have been coachable for the Georgia staff. <laughs> I mean, are you buying this? No. I mean, if you are, how bad does it hurt them? I mean, that's the thing is like, we've talked about this. There's the, the way, the way athletics is changing is players are more willing and able and understanding on how to use their voice or, or for, you know, if they want something or if they want change or things of, of that nature. Um, and I think for a lot of older folk, it is tough to, to have that happening. And, and so for some people that comes across as difficult, uh, where in reality, you know, you look at, you look at, San Francisco with D'Amico Ryan's right. Uh, you look at Philadelphia with Jonathan Gannon. You look at you look at these guys that are you know create an environment for players to be able to thrive and play how they want to play. You know, be be who they are, and I think that's 
such a disservice to be like, oh, they're difficult or this or that or the other thing. When in fact, it's probably not that. It's probably the, just that they are confident, probably boisterous um, in what their beliefs are of their own abilities, right? And and that they want either more involvement or things of that nature. And And I think for a lot of people that is a negative, I just... You know, I don't see it as being a negative. I just think that a lot of people just don't tend to like the way that athletics are going and athletes are, you know, a little more, have a little more say than they used to have, really. Yeah. So regardless of what the the issue is, whether it's that they're more vocal than players past or if they... um you know, or trying to build a brand, which I think college guys have to want to do on with the NIL. We don't really know what is behind this. Is it immaturity? Well, they're young guys. They're really very young guys. So um, we don't really know what the issue is. We could just speculate. But why? what I would ask is why is this kind of talk only affecting Ringo in the mock drafts? Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing is these. this is like classic – um, in a way of, as you said, it's only affecting one player in Ringo. In the mocks, yeah. Yeah, in the mocks. In two, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like, if these guys turn out to not be good, you go back and you go, you remember that Albert Breer report? <laughs> you have where, the built-in excuse. Right, that it yeah. said that they were difficult to deal with, and you're like, all right, man. So, I mean, I think there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of things that, that play to all of this. And, you know, it's it's also uh lion season. Right. No. And that's what I was going to say. And and so you've got guys that are, are telling Breer things so they can get a chance. Arizona to... is talking about Arizona <laughs> is telling, uh, is telling the bears what bad character Will Anderson has. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Or or they're telling everybody about how bad Ringo is so they can draft Anderson and Ringo with their first two picks. Right. And, and then laugh all the way. And, and we're laughing, but teams have done that. Teams do that. Oh, 100%. It's dirty. It's dirty pool, and it especially affects the players. But teams do that to each other all the time. And um, But it's just funny to me that's only hurting one guy in the mocks. It's like the the mock drafters are saying, we're not buying this. For one guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they got to, like I said, I, you know, we've talked about the, the Ringo thing. They got to, they got to figure out why they're dropping him down and propping up Carter and also dropping Breezy down at the same time. Right. Like <laughs> you've got, you, you've got two guys, similar production, similar amount of time played in, in Carter and Breesy. And then you've got Ringo who's had great production while at Georgia that's dropping. So, I mean, it's just, I think there's a lot of different things that, that you come to these, these, um, in order to like justify what your take is. If you're not super confident in your, 
evaluation of a player. And I think if Ringo works out next week, if he does goes through all the testing, I think you're probably going to read some things about how um, teams aren't too concerned about about Keely Ringo's um, character issues or work ethic or whatever the case is. Oh, well, I mean, when he runs a sub four three, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Anything uh, else? No, I think uh, you know we'll be back. We're going to finish seventeen through thirty-two. We'll probably throw in a pick for like a couple of the teams. The Maybe Dolphins. we'll make a pick for the Browns. Yeah, the Dolphins and Browns who don't have any picks right now. Um, you know, because well, the Dolphins cheated, and then the Browns are still paying for Deshaun Watson. I like to talk a lot on Twitter too about who the Browns won't pick. So it's only fair that I try and find somebody who they will pick. Well, and let's be honest, it's a lot more difficult to project a second round. <laughs> day two pick is your first pick because you don't even know what's going to happen on day one. I will say this. I, I did go on, um, you know, the Browns fans uh, had a space run by uh, their media media personality, Cleveland media personality, Chops. And I did go on the spaces and say that Martin Emerson was going to be a good day two pick the Browns had their eyes on. And lo and behold, he was one of the top rookie defensive backs in the league this past year we all have that effect on people at times though yeah uh anything else before we get out of here no just thanks to uh all of you who listen actually big thanks because our last episode which was two weeks ago because we were in vegas between but uh our last episode is the most downloaded ever that we've done so thank you guys so much for listening you're really um helping us Grow as a show and uh, shoot us an email at the draft breakdown podcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or things you want to hear or players you want to hear us talk about, we always like to hear the feedback. So thanks, everybody. Yep. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back later this week with a bonus episode. Have a good night. We need to do an outro at some point. That just something kind of what I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's two dollars a month for our bonus episodes. Four dollars a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That could be it right a, there. A read. Yeah, that's it. Right yeah. Exactly. <laughs>